Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Architecture Time, radio for the design-obsessed, hopeless romantics of the built environment. I'm your host, Mike Lavalley from EvolvingArchitect.com. Each and every weekday, we share with you brief stories, news, profiles, and projects from around the net, showcasing not only what the profession of architecture has to offer, but also helping you evolve your own career one episode at a time. Enjoy. Hey, guys. Welcome to the first... I'm really excited to say this, the first episode of Architecture Time. This has been a long time coming, and I wanted to start with a show as part of this larger Evolving Architect podcast that will be sort of the thing that you can guys you guys can always come back to, and it's the show that essentially will happen every weekday, and we'll talk about something different each day. And you can listen to it sort of, you know, casually, either on your way to work or on your way back or during lunch or whenever. But there are brief episodes that really get to something that's, I don't know, fun or informative or um, captivating in the world of architecture and will help you understand not only more about the profession, but things that are kind of going on that can help you with your career or um, just even have conversations with other people about architecture in general. So what we're going to do is today we're going to talk about, let's say, the call it the project of the week. And I want to start with a project that a lot of you probably are aware of. A lot of you have seen photos of this project. It's a, it's a fairly high-profile one. Uh, but I want to start here because it's a project that is let's say it it defies the 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 normal aesthetic if there if you can even say that about projects that are based in in urban areas specifically this is a project that we will uh, dive into a little bit uh, in a moment but I, I just wanted to say something about it before we even get there that this project to me represents a lot of what the design philosophy should be right now in contemporary architecture. Um, sometimes you, you'll see a lot of different um, designs being motivated mostly by um, budget and not really pushing the profession necessarily in any one direction or another, just kind of staying stagnant. And one of the things that I think you'll find about me as we as we talk more about these projects and we talk more about the uh, the designs of these projects is it's not always just about the aesthetic. It's, it's a more about the philosophy behind the the project and behind uh, the architects who are designing them. And not only the architects, but everybody who's involved as a stakeholder to realize these projects, to make them, you know, these amazing buildings that help to push the profession forward. So I've hyped this building up enough, I think. And Let's let's just get into it. So if you want to follow along, I'm going to have a link for this in the show notes. But basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to, uh, for this one and maybe for the next uh, several that we do, I want to do one of these projects of the week, um, you know, once once a week for, for a little while to see how you guys like it. But this first project is called Via 57 West, and it's by Big or Bjarke Ingels Group. And I'll have a link to uh, the article I'm reading from in in the show notes. But basically, if you go to uh, Arc Daily, uh, that's where I'm getting this from, 
uh, I just want to sort of talk about this a little bit and um, I'm going to actually read the description provided by the architects on the article because I think it's a really great way to understand, especially since this is an audio podcast and we're not really looking at anything, but I'm, I'm sharing with you the article so that you can go and look at the, at the, at the images and, and see a little bit more about what, what, what we're talking about. Um, the one thing you'll know is, uh, about this building, if you've ever seen it before is it's, it, it doesn't look like a traditional skyscraper in New York city. It's, it's on the, the West side and it's right along the water. It's, it looks sort of like a, um, uh, like a, like a wedge almost. Um, it doesn't look like a standard sort of rectangular box. You know, it has like a, a very strong taper to it with a courtyard in the middle. And a lot of the sort of shaped, um, sort of portions to this building are really to allow different views into the courtyard and or a lot of light and air into the courtyard in a in a way that also gives people a lot of views back into uh, the river so it's it's a way for the the architect to in this case Bjarke Ingels group to really understand and really sort of elicit this this very um let's say guttural reaction because it's not it looks like almost nothing else on that side of the uh <laughs> that side of the city you know it's really sort of placing the flag down and saying look we're here and we are um <laughs> we're we're taking advantage of a lot of the the site features so that everybody in the in the building can can really sort of have a, a nice view and have uh, a way to sort of have an identity within the city. You know, a lot of these projects around it are, I don't want to say standard, but they're, they're a little bit more basic in terms of the, the kinds of forms that you'll see. And let's just get right into it. Let's, let's, let's read this uh, description provided by the architects, Bjarke Ingels group from this article. Via 57 West, designed by Big, Bjarke Ingels Group for the Durst Organization, introduces a new typology to New York City, the Quartz Scraper. The 830,000 square foot high-rise combines the density of the American skyscraper with a communal space of European courtyard, offering 709 residential units with a lush 22,000 square foot garden at the heart of the building. Via occupies nearly a full city block at corner of... 50 of West 57th Street and West Side Highway with uninterrupted views towards the Hudson River Park and the waterfront. The Durst organization commissioned Big to design a building from for the site in the spring of 2010 and construction commenced in 2011. The 32-story building has welcomed residents since residents since May 2016 with the construction completing this fall. Earlier this year, the Council on Tall Buildings and Urban Habitat named VIA the best tall building in the Americas as part of its 2016 Tall Buildings Award. Quote, we are very excited about the building, and the activity has exceeded our expectations in terms of velocity and the rents. We always were thrilled with the building, but even more so now. Quote, 
Douglas Durst, the Durst Organization. The Via Quartzscraper is a hybrid between the European perimeter block and the traditional American high-rise. The building peaks at 450 feet at its northeast corner, thereby maximizing the number of apartments and graciously preserving the adjacent Helena Tower's views of the river. Via's volume changes depending on the viewer's vantage point. From the west, it's a hyperbolic paraboloid or a warped pyramid. From the east, the court scraper appears to be a slender spire. The shared green space at the heart of the block is derived from the classic Copenhagen urban oasis. The courtyard has the exact same proportion as Olmsted's Park, just 13,000 times smaller, a bonsai central park. In a similar accumulation of natural landscapes, the courtyard transforms from a shaded forest in the east to a sunny meadow in the west. Designed by landscape architecture firm Star White House, it features 80 new planted trees and lawns and 47 species of native plant material. Quote, in recent decades, some of the most interesting urban developments have come in the form of nature and public space, reinserting themselves back into the post-industrial industrial pockets, excuse me, freeing up around the city. The pedestrianization of Broadway and Times Square, the bicycle lanes, the High Line, and the industrial piers tur turning into parks, located at the northern tip of the Hudson River Park, VIA continues the process of greenification, allowing open space to invade the urban fabric of the Manhattan city grid in an, unlikely, in an unlikely fusion of what seems to be two mutually exclusive typologies, the courtyard and the skyscraper. The court scraper is the most recent addition to the Manhattan skyline. End quote. Bjarke Ingels, founding partner, Big. By keeping three corners of the block low and lifting the northeast position portion, excuse me, of the building, the courtyard opens views towards the Hudson River and brings the low western sun deep into the block. While the courtyard is a private space and a sanctuary for residences, it can still be seen the, from the outside, creating a visual connection to the greenery of the Hudson Park. The building's predominantly residential units of different sizes with cultural and commercial program at the street level and the second floor. The lower levels of VIA have strong relationship to the courtyard. The lobby is connected directly to the courtyard via a grand stair which invites residences into the courtyard space. The generous amenities at VIA include lounges and event spaces, a golf simulator, movie screening room, a pool, a basketball court, a gym, and exercise studios, and game rooms for poker, ping pong, billiards, and shuffleboard, and are all constructed around the courtyard to create a strong physical and visual connection between the interior and exterior communal spaces. At the upper levels, the apartments are organized on a fishbone layout, orienting the homes towards the view of the water. Large terraces are carved into the warped facade to maximize the views and lights into the apartments while ensuring privacy between the residences. The material concept for the interior design of the project is Scandamerican, another layer of the European-American hybridity. The, they blend classic modern Scandinavian material sensibility blended with local New York materials. The primary materials of the apartments are oak wood floors and cabinets and white porcelain tiles in the bathrooms. As an ultimate union of Scan-American design, the event spaces feature the VIA 57 chair designed in collaboration with Big and Kibisi for Danish heritage brand Republic of Fritz Hansen. The design translates the distinct tetrahedral shape of the building into a multifunctional piece of furniture, bringing a piece of the Manhattan skyline into shared spaces for VIA residences. 
The building also features a complimenting eight-story sculpture by Stephen Glassman entitled Flows Two Ways. Anchored on the facade of the adjacent Helena Tower, once completed, the ground floor commercial space will hold, host such a public amenities as a restaurant from the Levinos Restaurant Group, a landmark theater's movie cinema, and the first U.S. retail store for the American Kennel Club. So that's that's from the architect, and you know it's a a fairly good description of this uh, project, a little bit better than mine was in the beginning. Um, apologize for any of the uh, the misreadings here, um, but it's uh, it's a it's one of my favorite projects from uh, Bjorka Ingels group. Um, a lot of the projects have very similar sensibilities in terms of, I wouldn't say that any of his uh, Bjorka Ingels um, projects necessarily look the same, but the ideology, uh, especially if you've ever read um, Yes is More, if you've ever read something like that and understood a little bit more of their philosophy, it's far less about the formal proposition in terms of the look necessarily, but it's all about creating a, a sense of, um, a sense of what will work best for not only the, the people who use the building, but will also engage the, the urban environment in such a way that it's not just about the one building anymore. It's about everything else around it. And it's about everything that the project itself kind of represents in terms of how to move forward. So the one diagram that they have here that I think is probably the most captivating is they have a sort of a tower with a, uh, a plinth at the bottom. And these are both sort of boxy rectangular sort of, uh, forms and then they have like a plus sign and then a drawing of a courtyard building a typical courtyard building and then they have it an equal sign to what the overall form is for uh via 57 and the thing that captivates me the most about this this idea is the fact that there's sort of this blending of the two components but in a way that i don't think most people necessarily would think of right away i think if you were to give this to, uh, you know, a hundred different designers, you might end up with something where the courtyard is just sort of plugged into the plinth or something like that. But the, um, Bjorke Engels group solution really takes the form and sort of twists it and transforms it into a way that is both visually captivating, but also allows more in, in some ways, allows for maybe not necessarily more units but for more diversity of the the views and the units that are in this project and there's just something that's really cool to see from and if you look at some of these photos to understand sort of or imagine what it would be like to be in any one of these units it it gives not really necessarily like a special preference to any of them but kind of gives uh, a unique feeling to any of the units, to, no matter where you are in the building. And I think there's something just really interesting about the way that this has been executed. It's very clean, very um, simple, uh, streamlined uh, components, and all of the materials from the 
the way that these photos sort of lay out are very straightforward, you know, very, again, very clean forms, lines, and surfaces. And there's something that's just really, really cool about this project. So I highly recommend that you guys check it out. And yeah, it's, it's something that I think we can all sort of aspire to, you know, this isn't, you know, like the best or necessarily the most profound project ever in the history of the world. But it is something that I think we should look at as a precedent, especially for an urban project, um, an urban project that is a very high profile one. Um, you know, a lot of times you'll see new towers go up and they'll be sort of run of the mill, but there's something that's a little bit more captivating about this, a little bit more fascinating to me. And I hope that you share the same interest. Again, I'll keep uh, the article in the show notes, but that's, that's really what it comes down to. And it's, it's all about pushing the envelope of what we can do as architects and what we can do as designers and creatives. Well, that seems like a wrap on the first episode of Architecture Time. If you're still listening to this, which I hope you are, um, thanks for um, thanks for sticking with it. And I hope that my description of this project in uh, the first episode wasn't too much of a train wreck. I think it'll get better, but I just want to say thank you and I'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Architecture Time. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast, leaving a review, and sharing it with someone you know. It would mean the absolute world to me and would really, really help the podcast grow. For more Architecture Time and other fun, informative content related to architecture and the profession, please visit evolvingarchitect.com. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next time.